When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the new Old Norwich, the podcast that's more steady on than Splendid Rush. We're determined to get our Old Norwich back. We talk current games and look back at the glory times. And we're delighted to announce, of course, we're now part of Sports Social as well. So do us a favour. If you know a Norwich fan who might like the podcast, pass it on. A bit like Zara would do or Marquinez. Uh, Send them a link and be part of the team and spreading the city story. Coming up in this episode is Wagner, the new Rhoda. Easter treats for City fans, or are we too entitled? And episode 41, we talk the GOAT in Norwich City's greatest ever squad for the Premier League. So Norwich City nil, Sheffield United 1 is the last match that we haven't discussed, Dad. More changes. Uh, Ida was back. Marquinez was back. Back to a 4-3-3, but a consecutive home defeat to a top 10 team, four games now without a win. That Millwall win where uh, we all thought that the world had changed and you were uh, planning your trip to Wembley. So a one nil <laughs> Seems a long time ago, doesn't it, John? It, it does. A 1-0 defeat to Sheffield United. A um, couple of questions. A, it doesn't matter if the goal was onside or offside. It was no. given and we, and we move on. A probably slightly better performance than Stoke, but only one shot on target at home. And we were never really in it, were we? No, that's right, John. I mean, for the second game in a row at Carroll Road, the only time I got up to my feet was mm. to go to the loo at half time and let people out at the end who wanted to leave early. <laughs> <laughs> it was, I mean, when the goal went in, to be honest, everybody knew it was all over. Um, but I'll just go back to the beginning. When I saw the team sheet on, on Saturday, I groaned yeah. to yeah. see you know, three strikers um, who, by the way, have now only scored one goal between them in 11 games. Um, once I got there and realised how they played it, they had either on the left, Pukin Sargent in the middle and Marquinhos on the right. So a bit more, rather than 4-3-3, a bit more um, yeah. 4-2-4. Yeah, and with just two in midfield. Yeah. Now, the uh, and the problem was, they those two in midfield against Sheffield United with a strong midfield, they were too busy competing to create anything. So mm. only creation was going to come from the four up front. And to be, on, to, to be honest, I mean, Pukki had an awful time. He, he was left to fight for the headers. I mean, with him and Sargent more or less in the middle, why he went for all the headers and not Sargent when the ball was kicked long, mm. I couldn't understand. That was one known. 
Um, and and at the, the the I think with Sheffield United's uh, goal actually was their only shot on target. So it was the um, fewest shots on target at Carra Road for fourteen years. I guess. Yeah, which is which is shocking. Yeah, you're right. I mean, Sheffield United had one one on target and scored, and and, yeah. and we had one on target and, yeah. and didn't. Uh, but Brian uh, Angus Gunner, I always call him Brian. I'm showing me age by uh, calling Angus. Yeah, Brian. I know. Oh, dear. Um, <laughs> I mean, Angus Gunn had obviously had a brilliant game against Stoke. It wasn't quite needed as much uh, no, against, no, against Sheffield no. United, but it no. does show that Sheffield United. It was a big win for them because yeah. they've been looking over their shoulders. They haven't been playing very well. I cetera, don't. Yeah, I don't. I mean, they. they I mean, they didn't look as good as Burnley or anything like that. I mean, they didn't. They didn't look that good. And you just wonder if, if if we were a little bit better, whether we could have given them a much better game. But what they did, they controlled the game really. And this is what I mean by why I brought up the well. Here are the changes. Ida comes back. Mark and, and and last time it was Zollis and Aaron's, and and we're just moving things around the periphery. But the key part and we've said it on this podcast since we started, is that our midfield isn't good enough. So yeah. why why do we carry on? We're not changing the midfield. We still have McLean and we still sometimes have Zara with him or sometimes not. Depends yeah. whether he moves Zara up front or whatever. Well, why don't we try somebody else? If we're moving everybody else around to try and find the right way of working, like when Sorensen came in a couple of games ago, yeah. it seemed to it, make a difference. But then, he's, but he's then disappeared. He went back to right back and now he's out of the team again. Well, that's right, because, yeah, he was played out of position, didn't work, taken off, and then, as you say, he's in the squad. But let's go back to Ida on the left. Mm. I mean, to be honest, John, I mean, he, 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 had a, he had a terrible game. I mean, the Pinkin gave him a four, and that was the lowest score of the, the team. So, I mean, they didn't, they didn't go too harsh, but Ida, Ida got a four. Um, as you know, I've got doubts about his ability as a championship striker, but yeah. he's definitely not a winger. And that's that, and that's where, and it's to be. It's not even fair to the lad. No. Um, but and and if you look at it, you've got. I mean, um, the way uh, um, Wagner's doing it is obviously Pookie is first choice of striker. Sergeant's his second choice. Ida's his third choice. So he's our third choice striker, and um, we're playing him on the left wing now. And it's it hasn't worked. So why not bring Liam Gibbs in and put yeah. someone else in midfield? Yeah. He, I mean, Gibbs, he's never really tried, has he, since no. he's been? Only, no. only a few substitutes appearance. And at least the lad can pass the ball to people, which is more than these strikers could, because none of them play together. I mean, Pigou don't really play with Sargent. Ida don't play with anyone. <laughs> and I think... Uh, Gibbs was one of the highlights of a, of the a first... very poor Dean Smith era. Yeah, um, absolutely. And I think he's got something to prove. I think he he actually there are a lot of those Norwich players, um, and we'll talk about it in, in in a moment when when we talk about some of the other topics today. But there's a lot of those players who've been here and done it before, and I I get the impression it's a bit like oh here we go again. I'm not really I'm not really sure I can get up for this one. Yeah. Um, I, they I, don't I, believe I'll go any... through them. No, I don't think they, they don't believe, believe any anymore. more than we do anymore. No, right. Uh, uh, but I think if you've got someone like Liam Gibbs and you've got some of the other young players who potentially could come in and 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 show a bit of um, kind of passion for it and a bit of difference, then I think people would be a, a little bit more understanding that we're not going to get 
in the playoffs and we're not yeah, going yeah, and we're absolutely. not going to get promoted because you see a bit of progression the other player i was going to mention to you john was hanley mm. he's come in for quite a lot of criticism and it's sometimes it's been justified he's made mistakes but he goes off and plays for scotland yeah and he plays against spain which are no slouches and he has a cracking game a clean, no, a, a clean sheet. I mean, Angus yeah. Gunn had two two clean sheets for, yeah. for Scotland. And that's the back. I mean, I talked to my Scottish friends and it's like, they're like, oh, thanks. You know, they're really happy with, with Gunn yeah. and Hanley playing. But they don't play that well. Gunn does. But Hanley, certainly, there was always been question marks over him. But he can do it for Scotland. So why is he not doing it for us? Well, you is, look at who's protecting him in a midfield yeah, position. Absolutely. And, and, and the way that we're playing, it's... It's yeah, well, you can tell it's to me it's frustrating. It's uh, it re- it really is. Um, now look, uh, this weekend, Roe um, Brendan Rogers was sacked. Graham Potter was sacked. Yeah. Twelve yeah. twelve managers of the twenty that started the Premier League season have been sacked. Norwich yeah. have obviously sacked their manager in in the Championship, and we've got David Wagner. And I, I I'm going to talk about his his performances and and linking it with with Glenn Roger. I'm not saying that we should. Um, that he needs to be sacked or whatever at the moment. But the life of a manager is a very different life than it was when Dave Stringer took charge. Even when Paul Lambert took charge yeah, in, in, the, in, right. the early, yeah. in the early, yeah. uh, late, late noughties, uh, early uh, teens. And I think that managers now have to come in and hit the ground running and show something that they can offer the team moving forward. Now, we saw it with Dean Smith for about six weeks early on in that Premier League season. And we talked about it when he beat Watford and and we all thought, oh, we've got something here. And then it went away. And from that point on, you knew that Dean Smith was never going to make it. That's right. And, yeah, quite. And, and this is when we now come to the next few matches that Wagner has. Yeah. Blackburn away. Good Friday. Is, yeah. is good, it is Good Friday, isn't it? It's, it's Good Friday, Friday. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Blackburn good away. Good Friday. Rotherham well, on Easter Monday at home, which is yeah. a huge win. I mentioned, you know, two games without a win at home. Yeah. Um, we're going back to our poor home performance. And then Middlesbrough away on a Friday night uh, on on the TV again. And again, we keep saying these matches are massive. But for him, this either shows, I think, that Norwich fans will give him a bit more time, potentially next season. Or actually, if we're getting, if we're not getting any better... I'm not sure by the end of the season that we particularly want him to stay next year. No, I mean, I mean, I think it goes higher than that because, and we'll probably discuss this later in as the season moves on. But I mean, what is Stuart Webber doing? Um, Sitting there praying with his fingers crossed. I would have thought. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, did, we said when uh, Wagner came in. He's had no success for three or four years. Mm. He's had two failures. We said he needed to come in, um, pick up the pick up the, um, uh, the 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 club, have a bit of success. It's now falling away. He looks a bit of a beaten man when he's interviewed to me now. Now, what's that doing to his confidence? Yeah, having had those two previous failures, and as you say, um, um, if we now go into the the staying in this division going into the uh, the summer break have you got any faith that um weber and wagner can bring this round yeah and that and that's the question mark so, so you then get into a new season you don't do anything 10 games down your 
fighting against relegation and then you've got to panic and find someone again. Yeah. And it's like Tottenham, you just write off another season. Yeah. <laughs> Tottenham yeah. right Tottenham seem to write off every season um and 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 move on to on to the next one. So, um numbers from uh, NCFC numbers which is one of our favorite uh, Twitter accounts that we that we follow and the, the stat this week there was there was one goal in the last four for Norwich City and that's the worst run in the championship since the Roda days. Yeah. So is is Wagner as bad as Glenn Roder? This is a question mark. <laughs> now I I I think I think to be fair because if if you look at the other stats John which I mentioned to you um this this by the way is only our third season in the championship um where it looks as if we won't get promoted since those Roda years. Right. Because we we got relegated after Lambert and Hooten, and then um, we came straight back. Yeah, um, we then went down under Alex Neal and had a a year down there. We then had another year down there with Farker. And if we um, don't go up this year, this this is only our third year down there uh, since the Rhoda years. But we've already lost more games at home. You know, going back to our home form mm. where. Uh, you know where I've seen more of the games, if you like, live, and um, we've lost eight in the championship. That's the worst since Roder's time. Right. Alex Neal lost four in sixteen seventeen and got the sack, and Farker lost seven in seventeen eighteen. Right, and when we were relegated in two thousand eight two thousand nine under Roder, we won nine at home. At the moment, there are three games to go. We're still one short. And we're four points short of the home tally that we got in the year that we got relegated to Division One. Wow. That shows how poor our home form is. Now, going back to what we were just saying, if they don't sort it out this summer, mm. you then go in that with that basic home form. If, if your away form don't carry you through, you're immediately fighting against relegation. Yeah. Which brings us on to a really good article on uh, my um, football writer uh, website, which you often... Um, read and, and send me articles, uh, an article by Tim Ball. And it was a, about a month ago, or maybe, no, a couple of weeks ago, at, yeah. the, at the end of March. Um, and his question mark is, Norwich City fans entitled to expect more from their club or just entitled? Now, I'm not going to read you the article because you can go and do that yourself, but it, it is a really interesting article and a couple of paragraphs that leapt out at me. Um, have we become, and, and what you were just talking about, have we become so used to championship success under Lambert, Farker, and to a lesser extent, Alex Neal, that we've just come to expect too much? Dean Smith, bless him, was bemused by the fact that no one was getting excited about us being sixth or even seventh. And then he he goes on to talk about the, the club needing, uh, in the world of, Football now you need major investors. There's a whole question mark about the the American money. Has that come in? What's happened with it? No one still really knows about that. Um, and he also, I think, makes a, a really good point that we're not entitled. Or he says the, the summary is we're not entitled, but we still like to dream. And I I do wonder whether we have been spoiled with those numbers that you've just looked at. Um, and are we in for another period of um, average performances where the crowds drop away, the interest drops away? And the other point that I think Tim makes in his article is you can't have a football club without the local support of the local media, which we've mentioned so many times on this yeah. podcast. Yeah. I think 
I think I think you it goes back to this point about dreaming and also I suppose expectations come and 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 you know if you don't take opportunities we've now had we had two years in the Premier League we had that money and we frittered it away mm. it's gone and um it's just the way that it's happened. Now I know, I know football, as you said, John. You know the manager's going. It's a funny game. You, you can't guarantee that you've got to get good players. But with the amount of money that we've had, and the, the scope that we've had, and the decisions, one of them I was going to mention. We kept Ida, and we let Carlton Morris go. Yes, Weber sold him in twenty twenty one. Look what he's doing at Luton. <laughs> Yes. Now, as I said, you can there are mistakes, but over the last two or three years since we lost the um, that chief scout to Middlesbrough, our recruitment's been abysmal, and uh, so and so I think we could have expected more. I think just to, just a, a, a final point on this on expectation, the way that the club is being handled. You mentioned the American um, issue in the shares. I think that. AGM was on the 13th of February. We were told that I think those shares have to be issued within a fortnight, although it could be extended. We've heard nothing. Mm. Now, they don't have to say anything. It's a private company. There's nothing in law that says they do. But what a way to treat your supporters. But I think we're being treated with contempt. Don't they have to? I know you say it's a private company. Don't you have to tell the other shareholders? If you've got shareholders, you have to tell the other shareholders what's happening. Well, you've told them about these shares being issued, I suppose. And we don't know what's happened since, do we? But, I mean, this is a football club. It yeah. would be nice to be kept involved, wouldn't it? And what, you know what? What, what is what, what is the downside of keeping people involved? I just feel that, like this issue with the press mm. and Weber, you know, that... I think he's arrogant, to be honest. And I think the other issue is you've got a big push at the moment for the club to get people to start watching Norwich City women. Yeah. So the women's which team, is great. Yeah, which is great. And and but, they're they're pushing it, and and they're, they're obviously going to they they're having or they've had a game at Carrow Road, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But the problem is, you you need goodwill for that. Yeah. And and if you're treating fans as you've just been explaining, you're treating the local media in a certain way again it goes back to you've got you've got to all work together to move forward and if you're if you want something like the club wants the support now for for the for the women's team well you have to give something back at the same yeah. time as well you can't just keep always saying well it'll be fine the norwich fans will turn up they come in their droves and blah yeah. blah, blah because at some yeah. point and and it has changed in the last few years. More you can see that from the empty seats at Carrow Road that that people are doing other things. They're not necessarily going now. Wh whether this season will change that again, I don't know. But they, if, they reckon they've sold over twenty thousand season tickets again. John. And I, I, again, I'm not surprised about that. But right. you can't you, you can't just assume it's going to carry on forever. Because if you no. if you're not speaking and letting people know what's happening, then people get frustrated, and 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 then that's not right either. No, I think I think that's absolutely right. And as I said, you know, we know we know things can go can go wrong, but uh, it just it just let you know it, it just leads to conjecture and uh, rumor, and I, you know, I, I I just can't understand it to be honest. Yeah. But to finish off, we win on Blackburn on Friday. <laughs> this could all change. <laughs> we we could be back in contention for a top six spot. But I think the point is, and it goes back to this expectation. Even if we did win. And it put us back in contention. 
I don't think anybody believes that in the remaining six games that we could go on and do it. It would just be like Millwall again. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's a fair point. Um, and other teams around us are having their blips. They are. Yeah, no, nobody wants it really. What for the change of the manager, and it hasn't made a difference with with Chris Wilder. Uh, Luton look like they're secure in the playoffs, even chasing uh, automatic. But yeah, it's. It, I think Norwich could be in there, but as you say, I'm not sure what that really gives us. No. We will keep an eye on it, of course, and we will um, be back with another episode uh, reviewing the Easter matches. This is the new Old Norwich. Stay with us, though. Don't go anywhere because we're going to talk the goat in Norwich City's greatest ever countdown. This is the new Old Norwich, the podcast that's more steady on than Splendid Rush. And in this episode 41, we're back to our greatest countdown. We've been talking Glenn Roder in this episode. He doesn't appear uh, anywhere in the greatest countdown list, as you can uh, probably imagine. But we are trying to get the Norwich City greatest ever squad for the Premier League. 16 players on the list so far, and we're trying to narrow down the strikers. We were hoping for four. We've got five on our list already and we haven't even spoken well actually we've got more than that we've got six or seven on our list at the moment and we haven't spoken about the goat uh paddy davitt who i love on twitter um always calls pookie the goat is he norwich city's greatest ever striker well i suppose we've got to make a decision at the, <laughs> at the end of this when we pick the strikers john what i was going to quickly do though is when we finished at the last time at the end sort of the um end of the paul lambert era and I was just going to run through all the strikers that we had after that mm. before we got to Pookie. I'm just going to go through the names. Luciano Becchio, Gary Hooper, Ricky Van Walswinkel, Lewis Graben, Cameron Jerome, uh, Embakami, Bamford, Naismith, Kyle Lafferty, Nelson Oliveira, Sabeni and Marley Watkins. Mm, some names there. That, <laughs> I mean, Cameron go, oh, yeah. Jerome... Cameron Jer- Jerome was the most successful. He scored 42 goals and 138 appearances, three in the um, um, Premier League. And, of course, he uh, scored in that playoff final win as well, didn't he? Yeah, so, at Wembley, he, didn't he? He was probably the, if, if you look in terms of um, um, success, he was probably the, the standout. Yes, agreed. Um, yeah, but it's interesting because we, we obviously, as you say, the last episode finished off with Grant Holt and realised when his statistics that he was probably even more impressive than we actually uh, yes. remembered. Yeah. Um, so that brought in Pookie, because he, he, he yeah. came in um, really to replace the likes of Cameron Jerome, effectively. He did. He came in, at the, I think he came at the end of Farker's first season, didn't he? Yeah. Free transfer, yep. um, two promotions, 30 goals uh, in the first one, 29 in the league. 26 in the second one and all in the league. And then twice 11 Premier League goals in 1920 and 2021. Player of the season twice. And I think it's fair to say while he's been here, he's been a top international player, um, sort of at the height of his powers, really. Do you you think he's, whilst he's been here, he's been one of our best international players? He's certainly probably played as much as anybody whilst he's been here, hasn't he? I think that's a really fair point that we, and it's something that we probably don't really think about as much as we should yeah. um, because you know you're reading his numbers there uh, 11 goals in the Premier League and, and etc but you know and I'm looking well Grant Holt scored 17 and yeah, 15 yeah. and but, but Grant Holt wasn't playing at the top of international level um he was closer no. he was closer to an England squad at one point which I thought he should have got in but he didn't but you're right Pookie has 
always gone every you know every quarter gone and played for finland uh got them um to a euros or near to a, a world cup and he's i think we have to realize that he he is an incredibly good striker from a from a world point of view which I still I'm staggered that he's still at Norwich City. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and I suppose this is my argument. If he's that good, why is he? Why is he at Norwich? Why is he still at Norwich? Because those numbers, he scored more than ten Premier League goals a season, and yeah. In Everton, a poor team. Everton. I watched Everton yeah. last night. Yeah. Their top scorer this season has four goals. Four, yeah. four yeah. goals. Yeah, yeah. And quite. they don't have a striker. They do yeah. not have a striker who can who can hold the ball up up front, and and you look at the teams at the bottom; they all struggle to score goals. And Pookie, as you say, numbers wise, certainly the last few a couple of years ago, he was absolutely flying. And I'm amazed that he's he he's he's still at Norwich. He's staying, staying yeah. at Norwich. I suppose it was all to do with his age. I mean, he's 34 now, so even then, two years ago, he was 32. And there was COVID and stuff, wasn't there? So it's sort of strange times when he. Uh, even if you'd have taken him for a season, yeah. If you'd have taken, especially him. once we got relegated, like the first time, yeah, 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 I, yeah. I, no, it's I, uh... and and I think that's what when you when you look at it, I think you're absolutely right that he probably is one of our one of the most outstanding players that we've ever had. But I'm not sure he is as good as some of the players that we've talked about no, no, in, in terms in terms of Norwich Norwich performances. No, that's right. So let's just just look at um, now. So we've got. In this century, we've got really four strikers that we've picked out to to uh, add to the others: uh, Ewan Roberts, yep. Deed Ashton, Grant Holt, and Timu Puki. Yeah, and we've got to see which one of those, which which ones of those, join the five from the last century: uh, Justin Fashionew, John Dean, Robert Fleck, Mark Robbins, and Chris Sutton to win our final pool to pick out four. <laughs> okay, so we've got. Nine. Can we drop? Can we drop any of those ones from the twenty first century? Oh, well, I probably you and Roberts because he never really played in the Premier League. So no. I mean, I think that there's a, and and I would say Dean Ashton. I mean, he scored eighteen goals in forty six games, seven in the Premier League. He only played sixteen games. Really, compared with some of the others, he just. You know, he just wasn't with us long enough, was he? Well, no, I mean, he he took the move that we were saying that Pookie probably should have yes, taken. That's right, Ashton, absolutely. Ashton took yeah. it and and went and played for England because he'd gone to West Ham, didn't he? So, um, yeah. from, from a Norwich point of view, I think yeah, Dean Ashton and Ewan Roberts, we can we can say thank you for your service. Yeah, so we're now down to seven then, because I think Holt and Pookie stand the test with the other five. Yeah, okay. so we're down to seven. Now, let me just tell you, John, there is a website which tells us the top Premier League and Division 1, so all top-tier strikers from Norwich City. Okay, well. All right. Excellent. So, got, so this is where you got your homework from. <laughs> I did, I've, got fif, I've got 15 players here who, to, who, who, as we're looking at strikers on this list. Of, okay. Now, number one, I've mentioned him too. I, I have told you, so we might as well come straight over that. Number one, top of our... Norwich City Premier League and Division One top tier scores John Dean with forty eight goals. Wow. Second, Martin Peters with forty two already in our squad. Yes, few. Right, okay. Well, that's all right. <laughs> Third, Robert Fleck. Okay. Yeah. Fourth, Kevin Reeves. 
if you remember, I mentioned because Fifth is Justin Fashion You. Yeah. And their records, to be fair, Reeves and Fashion You were very, very similar. Fashion You scored 35 goals, but in less games. But they, they, they both were bought wow. by City, both sold. Um, and, and, and both could have um, featured, but I think Fashion You got the call when we, um, when yeah. we did it. Also equal with Justin Fashion You, Chris Sutton, 35. Okay. Good. I was beginning to think, blimey, we've got many of these in our top seven. Oh, we, well, we're not bad. We've got we've got Dean Fashion You, Fleck, yeah, Chris Sutton, yeah. Um, I mean, Grant Holt is eleventh with twenty three top flight. Wow. Goals. So who is between Chris Sutton and Grant Holt? Ted McDougall, thirty four. Right now, Ted McDougall, you'll remember. Um, again, featured quite highly in Oz, and he was a great scorer. But he played with this lad, Phil Boyer, That's who's right. also in there with 18 goals. So between them, they got 52. Right. So you can see they were quite good. But I felt, because in the 70s, really, my period, that with compared with players today, Ted McDougall, say, on his own. Yes, wouldn't you? Yeah, I remember you didn't saying. Didn't compare with the others. So he scored a lot of goals. But he was more of a goal hanger. So, he, so then number eight... Dale Gordon, of course, who's already in the team with 30. Few. Right, good. Right, a few. Kevin Drinkle, who featured quite highly oh, with 28. Okay. Um, and number 10 was John Ryan, a fullback in the 70s, who scored 26 goals. Good grief. <laughs> Nine were penalties, though. Oh, so, okay. um, All right. But still top flight goals. And then, so Grant Holt is 23. 12, Mark Bowen, already in the team with 22 top flight goals. Wow. Timmy Pookie with 22. Right. 14th is Real Fox, 21, already in our team. Yeah, good. Few. And Mark Robbins in our final selection, 15 with 20. Oh, okay. So, so that, I well, Robbins, I think, maybe needs to drop out, out of our seven then. If, yeah. Because I, I was the one that was pushing for Mark Robbins. Um, yeah, I think, I, think, I think you're probably right. I think if he's, the, right, if he's the lowest of the 15... I think he's the yeah. easiest one to go. Okay, you're. Yeah, I okay. mean, your your argument for him, to be fair, was that he that he did it really at the the height we were up. We you know we he third was in the Premier League yeah. and the and the which which is a good point. But we're looking. We, I mean, I mean, we've got to come up with four. Yep. Out of now six, if we look, out of six. Okay. Well, we're <laughs> we're we're coming to the end of the podcast. So we're going to have to Do make it. Should I give you my my choices? Yes. Come on. I think. I would I, I would say um, Chris Sutton. Yeah. I would have Grant Holt because of what he brought to the team. Yeah. And 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 and, and the goals he scored. Robert Fleck. Yeah. Who's high. And then I struggled a little bit, but I went for John Dean ahead of Timu Puki. Ooh. So the goat does not make the greatest team. And and this yeah. is this is the question mark, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> right. Well, I agree on um, Chris Sutton again. Yeah. Because of where we were playing at the time. Um, yeah. Top of yeah. Yeah. You know, in Europe, 35, 35 in Europe, girls yeah. in the top tier, and and he was playing in Europe. This is the the thing to think yeah. about. Yeah. I mean, he got thirty five in the top tier, plus eight in the cups, forty three, uh, just over a hundred appearances. I mean, at the top level. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. Grant Holt, yes, because he's a legend. Robert Fleck, yeah, I can, I can see that. Uh, I can see that. I mean, you think again that you know we we talked about him last time. Those girls against Manchester United, 
and, top and, level. And John Dean goes. John Dean. That was goals. that was that was Division One. John Dean. Yeah, seventy goals um, in one hundred and ninety eight appearances. Forty eight in the top flight. Right. Okay. And what was Justin Fashionu? He was forty goals in the top flight. Okay. No, sorry, forty goals in ninety-seven appearances, thirty-five in the top tier from ninety appearances. So for me, those two are, are then ahead of, uh, even ahead of Pookie, um, potentially. Um, just because. Yeah, I, the only thing. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I take your point. I, I, I the, the only thing I, th- I, I always think with Pookie a little bit is that he, and perhaps I was taking into account that. Whilst he was with us, he was the, the the international. But also, he played in a very poor team. Yeah, in Premier League stage, to, you know, didn't yes, he? yeah, and score and, and managed to score goals. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. God. Okay. Well, I look. I, I, I well. Let, okay. Well, we're going to go with the four that you've said because I I I can't. You can't. I can't no, argue. No. But let's put it out there. If if people really yes. think that Fashionu or Kevin um, Reeves, Pookie, even to be fair, or Kevin, Kevin Reeves, Reeves well. yeah. sh- should be on the list. Then we can get in touch with us, get us on Facebook, on Twitter, um, and, and tell us and let us know whether those four need to change. So the four are Chris Sutton, Grant Holt, Robert Fleck, and John Dean. They are our final four for our greatest strikers list. And if you think that Pookie needs to be in it, he's called the goat for goodness sake, um, <laughs> then please do let us know and we will uh, look at it in the next episode. To be fair to Paddy Davitt, he didn't see most of these others. <laughs> that is fair. He's too young. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, and going back to the choice, John, I probably sat here one day for over an hour yeah. analysing this and you can look at the figures you can keep looking at them and in the end it's a it is a little bit of a gut feeling a little bit with the heart as well to be fair absolutely um, I, I kept uh, John Dean you know I, I, I kept him because uh, I mean to top the list at 48 and and he was a class player I think you said um when we were talking the other day that he he played for Villa and I know, I know that don't count but he was a class player yeah yeah no he was absolutely well um, we will uh, wait with interest to see uh, the reaction to that. And then, of course, we have to start uh, looking at where we go from there with the greater squad. So we'll, t- we'll let you know what we're going to do with that in the next episode. But it really is uh, all focusing on this Easter treat of a weekend where we have Blackburn and Rotherham on a Friday and a Monday. And we'll see where Norwich City uh, is in, in comparison to days gone by. This is the new Old Norwich, the podcast that's more steady on than Splendid Rush. Sports Social Podcast Network.